Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message.
Perch, good morning. How are we doing this morning? I haven't set in yet, you know what I mean, so we can sound a little more excited. Is that how are we doing this morning? I mean, it's always a blessing to come and be able to serve here at Impact Church. I absolutely love seeing what God is doing through the members at the Impact Church, how God is really impacting our community through the Impact Church. I want to let you know it is not in vain, and especially with the work that God is doing through you guys with our youth, it is a phenomenal, beautiful work that glorifies the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, my name is Jerry Roberts. I'm here with my, you, if you follow me on Facebook, her name's Leslie, but a.k.a. Pretty, okay? My spirit mate that the living God has blessed me with, we do ministry together, uh, prison ministry. Uh, God bless us to be able to go speak everywhere. The doors open. You might see us speaking in a high school, the Clarksville or Detroit, or you might see us at the Cowboy Church, Cuthand Church, Leesville, wherever the living God sends me by his grace and mercy. Um, I'll go and I'm going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, with all for your glory ministries, I'm an elder at Calvary Chapel of Paris, and I just want to say it is a blessing. I'm excited. I love, I love coming to Impact Church. I love the atmosphere, the praise and worship. And I love what my sister said earlier when she said for God to come and speak to us. Now, I remember in the book of Nehemiah chapter 8, whenever the word of God was open and as Ezra, the priest, spoke, the people who heard the word, their ears were attentive, but it said that they wept. And when the word of God comes to you, it's not going to speak to that flesh because that flesh ain't going to agree with the word of God. Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 7 tells us that the flesh and the spirit wars against one another. So when the word of God speaks, he's speaking to your spirit. So when he speaks to your spirit today, your flesh might not like it. But I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, we ain't going to say the same. He sent his son in conformance to the image of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is his goal, and that is what the Holy Spirit is doing through the sanctification of the word of God and the Holy Spirit. It's to conform our old stinking thinking into the mind of Christ to take grandmama's, grandmama's attitude, granddaddy attitude, mama, daddy, old ways that is opposite of Jesus Christ out of the way so Jesus Christ can be glorified. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to begin that today in Jesus' name through his word. So if you have your Bible with you, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. We're going to be in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 26, Matthew 26, beginning in verse 6, Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 6. I'm going to be reading to you from the New King James Version. You might have a different version, but the Holy Spirit can still teach you, just like he taught me in the name of Jesus Christ, no matter what translation you got, because God is not looking at translation, he's looking at your heart. He's looking at someone who's willing to come to know him, to grow in the grace and knowledge of him, and be used by him. Amen? Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 6, and the Bible reads, And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an blasted flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. I wonder if she caught him on guard with that, but anyway. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant and saying, why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and giving to the poor. But Jesus was aware of it and said to them, why do you trouble this woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you that wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. 
Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. So from that time, he saw opportunity to betray him. That is Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 through 16. And I'm going to be speaking to you from the subject, camouflaged with a name. Camouflaged with a name. Let us pray. Great God and King, prepare your hearts for your word today. Your word that is quick and powerful, sharpening two-edged sword, alert, piercing, even dividing asunder of soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and the discern of the thoughts and intents of our heart. Lord, your word that does not return void, your scripture that cannot be broken, your word, great King. I ask you in the name of Jesus, let it be written up on the tablet of our heart that, it would, that we may not sin against you. Lord, let us take heed to your word that our ways may be clean. Creating us clean hearts and renew right spirits within us, we ask you this in the name of Jesus, great King. As your word go forth today, fight in heaven, where there needs to be repentance, fight in heaven. Let no one wrestle and fight against traditional strongholds. Lord, but I ask you to loose us from the bands of wickedness, that we may grow in the grace and knowledge of you and desire to live a life that is pleasing to you. Great God, here I am. Hide me on the shadow of your hand. You put your words in my mouth. You make my tongue the pen of a ready writer. You feed the church you have purchased with your blood. And I ask you to perfect your saints and edify the ministry. Let rivers of living water flow from my belly and feed them, God. I ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Camouflaged with a name. When you hear the word camouflage, the camouflage, it means to mask like your identity or your location. That means to kind of blend into an environment. For example, I have a picture here. and uh, This is it's a, of a hunter. Now, you see this man, you know, he, he's camouflaged. He, he looks like he's a tree, but he's not. He looks like he belongs in the environment that he is in. He looks like a branch. He looks like he belongs there, but actually he is a predator in the environment that he looks like he belongs in. He's the, the camouflage mossy oak, the name mossy oak, and, 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 and those names like that, it gives you, it, it calls you to be camouflaged and allow you to be in an environment that you really don't belong in, even though you may look like you belong in that environment. You know, when it comes to names, names inside of the Bible, it, it, it means a lot. Names used to mean a lot. You know what I mean? Today, people name their kids all kind of stuff. I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> but names meant a lot in the Bible. You know, back then when a, when a woman or she, or she named her child or a dad named his child, that name would prophesy the destiny, the identity, or the character of that child. But, I mean, there are some names in the Bible, you know what I mean, we name our, that you may be named after of today, and there are some names you may even name your puppy after. But there are also some names inside of the Bible that you don't want to be named after. There are some names inside of the Bible that you don't even want to name your dog after, okay? Matter of fact, anybody in here named Jezebel? No? I don't say, okay, what about Judas? I know so, so I know, you know, nobody in here named Jezebel. You know, I don't think I've ever met anybody named Jezebel. I don't think I ever met nobody named Judah. Now, if you do know somebody, pray for them, okay, because they mama didn't know, okay, mama and daddy didn't know. They might, you know, they might not, you know, read the word of God, you know what I mean, or spent time in the word and, and had, you know, the scriptures, you know, told to them about, hey, that person that got that name did not have a good character, right? But, but you know what, even though you and I may not have met someone with the name Jezebel or the name Judas, that does not mean that we have not met their character. 
Just because we have not met someone or people around us that may not have the name Judas, that does not mean that we have not met anybody with Judas character. As a matter of fact, I would say that it's good. It's okay to have the name Jezebel or okay to have the name Judas as long as you don't have their character. But see, what's, what's dangerous is this. What's dangerous is that, you know, you and I, we live in a world today. We have family members. We have people around us. We have coworkers that were, when we go to our job, we have people who, who may not have Judas' name, but they possess Judas' character, but their name is camouflaged with their name or your name. You know what I mean? They, they, might, not have, they might not have Judas' name, but see, they have Judas' character, and it's camouflaged with a name like Tim, Dion. Rachel, Kim, Rebecca, Karen. And just because you don't have Judas' name, that does not mean you do not have Judas' character. See, Judas, char- Judas was someone that was camouflaged. He looked like he was a part of a certain group. You know how we can sometimes look like we belong to the body of Christ because we have our Bible up under our arm and we have our stickers on our vehicle. We have our logos and things like that or tattoos of cross on us. And we look like we're somebody who's in love with Jesus. We look like we're somebody because of our church attendance and because of our singing and because of our giving. We look like that we have or somebody that is in the body of Christ, but that is only a camouflage because once you are provoked, once you are disappointed, and once your expectations are not met, then all of a sudden the real identity and your character comes to the surface. So we're going to look at that thing today real deeply and real close. So I want, we want to make sure God told us in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, this for a reason. He said, examine yourself to see if you be in the faith, which is something I think we start to overlook because we get so caught up with the things of this world and we forget to examine our character. And Jesus Christ, he is not worried about your comfort. He's concerned about your character. Because, see, your character can stop a lot of people from coming to the Lord who comforts. And as many don't even want to come together with the body of Christ. Don't you know we're the most powerful people on this earth? We have the spirit of the living God in us. So but sometimes our character causes people not even want to come to hear the same Jesus Christ that set you free from drugs and alcohol, hatred, racism, ungodly behavior, and unforgiveness. And sometimes they don't want to come around all because of the character of the professing one that says he's a follower or she is a follower of Jesus Christ on their job. So we're going to really dive into Judas Iscariot's character today. And as we look through this, and I pray that the word of God, as he convict you, like my sister said, it is not going to be condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the spirit, not the flesh. But according to the spirit, that means if you're applying the word of God to your life, if you mess up, you confess up. You go to 1 John 1, 9. God, I did wrong. I lusted. I did this. I lied. I confess, Lord. 1 John 1, 9. You said if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And the reason that a lot of people ain't cleansed is because you don't confess. Pride is in the way. So we want to make sure if God touched on something today and you see Judas' character in you, confess it. Don't hide it. Don't, don't puff your chest out. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I don't know about you. I like experiencing God's grace and mercy. Matter of fact, me and my wife, I, mean, I got to tell you this. I'll get this to you married couple, all right? right? We, call it the, we call it the grace chase, all right? 
So inside of our home, if I do something that offends my wife, right, and God says he said he gives more grace to the humble, right? I don't know about you. I like that extra grace, that extra favor, grace and mercy of God in my life. So I'm, we want to see who the first one to say, hey, I apologize, okay? I mean, it was wrong. You don't know how I said it. I need a better understanding. Maybe my tone was a little more than it was supposed to be. Maybe my facial expression or my countenance. Maybe it may have offended you. Whatever I did, forgive me. She don't know I like more grace. But I love experiencing the hand of God, and you guys should try that too, because husband, let me tell you something. I'm off my notes right now, but I'm just going to be led by the Holy Spirit. Don't you know that God blesses you according to how you treat your husband? I mean, how you treat your wife? 1 Peter 3, 7 said, husband, honor your wife so that your prayers would not be hindered. So when my prayers, when my prayers are answered, that's a blessing. When my prayers are answered, I'm experiencing the living God. When my prayers are answered, I know that he hears me. My hope is lifted when my prayers are answered. So that means if I, the way I treat her can stop me from experiencing God, it can stop my faith from increasing, it can stop me from having more hope. What? I, girl, I'm treating you good, okay? <laughs> really good. Because he gives grace to the humble. I don't want my prayers hindered. So, husband, I'm going to give you a little note. Hey, that's one for free. Honor your wife. That means whoever you're texting and you ain't supposed to be texting, stop texting her. That means whatever you're looking at, the way you talk to her, make sure you change that because if you're not reflecting the love of Christ to her, Ephesians 5.25, he said to love your wife the way Christ loved the church, not the way granddaddy did your grandmama, not the way your daddy did your mama, but the way Christ loved the church. But how are you going to know how Christ loved the church and you don't get in the word of God? That's why we're going to get in it today. Amen. But we want to make sure we don't have Judas' character. So, but, but Matthew, Matthew, in the book of Matthew on this, on this uh, uh, situation right here, you really don't get the details that you find over here in the book of John. You know what? If you read the Gospels, you know, you might find where Jesus Christ, you know, when he fed the 4,000, you read about it in Matthew. You find a little more details about it when you get to, like, John, I mean, Mark or Luke or things like that. But in this situation here, in John chapter 12, look at this, because we want to see what was it that calls his disciples, because in Matthew it says disciples with an S, and Jesus said them, right? So Judas wasn't the only one that was frustrated. Judas wasn't the only one that was upset. But Judas, we're going to see his actions and his character was still opposite from the other disciples. But so, so these disciples, all of a sudden, they were disappointed. Their expectations wasn't met, and they became furious. Look at John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. Let me read this to you. It said, Then, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. That right there would have been enough for me, okay? (laughs) That a dead man is sitting at the table right here with me, okay? It said, there they made him a supper, and Martha served, served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. There's a reason he mentioned that twice, because he don't want us to take our eyes off the power of God. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. So here was the Lord, he was sitting at the table, and all of a sudden, Mary came in, and Mary, she did something that frustrated the disciples. But what Mary did that frustrated these disciples was something that God allowed. Mm. I wonder how many of you are focused and frustrated on something that God allowed. Stop being so uh, focused and so frustrated about things that God allowed. 
Here the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is sitting right here at this table, and he allowed Mary to do something. And here the disciples were frustrated and upset at what God had allowed to happen. See, a lot of us today, we feel disappointed because our expectations wasn't met. You believe that God should not have allowed certain things to happen to you. You believe that God should not have allowed certain things to happen a certain type of way. You believe that there's no way he should allow my mom and dad to divorce or for the divorce to happen, period, between me and my spouse. You believe that God should not have allowed you to lose that job or God should not allow you to be taken advantage of or be betrayed. But let me tell you something. In this world, he said, you're going to have tribulations. John 16, 33, you're not exempt from that. But see, what I can take comfort in is that Jesus said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. That no matter what I go through in this world, he's with me. He told me in the book of Hebrews 13 to 5 that he would never leave me nor forsake me. He's by my side. He didn't tell me that when I go around the fire. He said, no, but when I pass through the fire, he said, I will, when, I will be with you. A lot of you going through some tough times, some painful times, but you know what? The Lord is with you. David didn't say, though I walk around the valleys of the shadow of death. No, he said, yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I would fear no evil. See, he was going through them, not around them. And what he, was, he said he would not fear. Why? Because the Lord is with him. And But we're focused on things that upsets us. We're so focused on things that frustrate us. And those things that's upsetting us right now and frustrating you right now, don't forget those are things that God allowed. Like you, you're frustrated right now about this thing called inflation. You're frustrated about Biden and, and, and Trump, the White House, and your house a mess. I'm just going to be real. I mean, the sanctifying work of Jesus Christ is not being taught in your house, not being lived out in your house. God's kingdom, a righteous joy and peace is not being established in your house. And here you are worried about the White House. Frustrated about what happened over there in Alabama at that steamboat. You frustrated about Jason Aldean. All these things of this world, when Colossians 3 and 2 says, set your affection on things above and not the things of this earth. It troubles me when I look at the post of people who are professing followers of Jesus Christ, and I can't tell if you love Jesus or the world more. Because your social media page, all it is is about the things of this world causing division, causing strife, causing confusion, causing frustration. That is what you focused on, Judas. Focus more on the things of this world rather than the power of the living God who was right there next to him. He was focused on something that benefited him and focused on something that frustrated him instead of focusing on the living God. Stop being so focused on things that God has allowed. We must be spiritually minded. That means have God's perspective. That means filter everything through the scriptures about what we face on this earth. Because if you're not spiritually minded, you know that, that co-worker at work, that one that you want to go and just kind of knock your teeth out, you know what I mean? Right? You know, you know that, that booger right there? Right, so, but, but you don't understand. God already told you that it's not flesh and blood that you're warring against. Right? There, there, there's, there's, a, there's a principality behind that personality. See, the spirit of pride, the spirit of, of, of selfishness is working through that individual to try to get you back in that old character. Because, see, God knows, God said you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. But see, the enemy don't want you to reflect and display that you are a new creation in Christ. He wants you to reflect that old man that used to glorify Satan. And he knows your little triggers. So he makes people say things and make people do things that irritate you and frustrate you. And here you are, you mad at people. 
instead of the principality that's working through people. And you wonder why you're so divided. You wonder why you don't have no peace. You wonder why you're not experiencing joy because you're walking in division, walking in unforgiveness and resentment towards a person instead of an adversary working through the person. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 through 7 said to be spiritually minded. He said, at first he said to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, he looked at this letter, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Oh, when I look at things through God lenses, I have life, I have peace. See, that's how Joseph was. Joseph, you know what I mean? He had his, his family, his brothers, they threw him into slavery. And when they, threw, they sold him, they threw him in that pit, and then they sold him into slavery. Anybody ever had your family do you wrong? All right, Joseph did too, all right. So here he was, he, he was threw in this pit and he was sold into slavery. Then he put in powerful wives, a house, uh, uh, when he put in powerful house, then all of a sudden powerful wives lied on him. Anybody had somebody lie on him? Yeah, yeah, Joseph had too, right? But Joseph still glorified God no matter what God was allowing to happen to him. He told powerful wives, shall I do this wicked thing and sin against God? He still kept God first. He had spiritual eyes. And that's something we got to have today. We got to start looking at things through spiritual lenses. Even when Joseph was thrown into the bottom of the prison, next thing you know, you had the shelf and the butler came in and Joseph was forgotten about. Have anybody been forgotten? Yeah, Joseph had too. Ain't nothing new up under the sun. Ecclesiastes 1.9. But not only that, he's forgotten about. But then all of that happened to Joseph and he still when they asked him about interpretation, he said interpretations come from God. He was still focused on the living God. Even though God allowed it, he was still focused on God. And then when he came to the end, almost in his life, he said in Genesis 15 and 20, he told his brother, he, he said, you meant evil against me. He said, but God meant it for the good. Oh, we, we see, see that, that ex might have meant evil against you. That co-worker might have meant evil against you, but God allowed it. The government might have meant evil against you. But God meant it for the come about this day to save much people I've called. You know what? That one who rejected you, that one who left you, look at you now. Now he got somebody in your life that really loves you. Look at you now. Now you got a strength that you didn't used to have. Usually your pillow be soaked with tears. But now you're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. All because of what the Lord allowed you to go through. So I want you to be spiritually minded, not like old Judas right here. Be spiritually minded about the things that you're there. Don't just be focused on the things that frustrate you. Rejoice that the Lord himself is right there and he is with you. He is on your side. Do you know what life would be like if God was not on your side? Yeah, you see how you just blink your eyes? That wouldn't happen. That breath you just took when he already told you that he holds the breath of all living beings and mankind in the palm of his hand. Do you know what life would be like? You wouldn't be breathing if the Lord was not on your side. Matter of fact, David said this in the book of Psalms and Psalms 124 verse 1 through 8. He said, David said, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, men, when we, men rose up against me, then they would have swallowed me alive. When their wrath was kindled against me, then the waters would have over, overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. Then swollen waters would have gone over our soul. In other words, he was saying, listen, if the Lord was not on my side, the drugs would have killed me. The alcohol would have killed me. The divorce would have had me on pills. You would have, I, I wouldn't even be here today. I would have OD'd if the Lord was not on my side. I would not have this joy. I would not have this smile if the Lord was, on my, was not on my side. I wouldn't have a roof over my head, clothes on my back, shoes on my feet, food on my table if the Lord was not on my side. 
Don't ever let that be a common thing that, it's, that, that when you're able to get up in the morning and you step out of your bed, there's a lot of people got to do that with a wheelchair and a cane. Let one of your lungs stop working. I bet you'll realize at the end that the Lord is on your side. But it shouldn't have to talk, go, we have to go through certain things just for God to show that he is on our side. But here was Judas, he was frustrated at what the Lord has decided. And we get so focused on our disappointments and we ignore that God is on our side no matter what he allows. We don't understand it. He told us in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We might not understand why God allows certain things to happen in our lives. And you know what? Mary and Martha didn't either. In the chapter right before them, the previous chapter right before this situation right here, Mary and Martha didn't understand why God allowed their brother to die. And someone, we don't understand why God allowed the miscarriage. We don't understand why God allowed our mom and dad or our spouse to pass away. We don't understand why. But I'm going to tell you, just like Jesus told Mary and told Martha in John chapter 11, verse 14, he said, didn't I not say if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God? In other words, Jesus said, didn't I not say if you just trust me? Just trust me. I know you're disappointed. I know you're hurt. I know your expectations was not met. But just trust me. I'm the God who works out all things together for the good for them who love me and are called according to my purpose and plan. Do you not believe that, Romans 8.28? Do you not believe that he is a God according to Ephesians 1.11? It says, for it's him who work out all things, not some things. The miscarriage, the death, the disappointments, the expectations not been met. He said, I work all that out after the counsel of my own will. Isaiah 46 and 10, he said, I declare the end from the beginning. God already know where you're going before you get there. He said, just trust me. And here was Judas, frustrated, upset, because something that God allowed, and he didn't understand why God would allow this to happen. He didn't get the message right there in John chapter 11, right, right before that he, he said, the table with the miracle. Matter of fact, look right here in verses 4 through 6, chapter John chapter 12, 4 through 6, it said, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why? You know, we always ask God, why? Why this and why that? You know what? It's, and I, let me tell you something, because growing up as a kid, I, I would lie to him. I'm going to tell you. I was told, you, you know, you can't be asking the Lord why. That's what I was told. But that ain't true. Because my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ stretched out his arms and said, Father, why have thou forsaken me? My Lord, he asked why. And it's all right to ask him why. But even though you ask him why, still trust him. Still trust him and get in his word because his word is where we find comfort and where we find hope, he said in Romans 15 and 4. And it's okay if you ask him why, but here was Judas. He's like, why? Why was this fragrant oil, fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, so he had wrong motives. You know, when you try to do something with wrong motives, you know, you really, do, you really tell somebody to do something so it can benefit you, Judas. You know what I mean? You're in proper motive, not knowing that God ponders your heart. He don't look on the outward appearance as man see 1 Samuel 16 and 7. Even though you might be fooling me or you might be fooling somebody else by what your little things you say, well, I really want you to get this so it can be good for you and your family and all so it can benefit you. And so I can be in debt. That's what it's going to really cause me. But see, sometimes our, our motive is wrong. You know what I mean? That's what Judas, Judas' whole motive was wrong. It said, but, this, uh, but because he was a thief, 
he said the money, he, uh, he had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. So here, let me summarize. Let me put all this together. Look at this. Look at it. We're going to put Matthew and John together. So here we see Jesus in Bethany at Simon the leper house, according to the book of Matthew. And a supper was prepared and Martha was serving. And her brother Lazarus, whom Jesus just raised from the dead, was there. Stop right there. You mean to tell me that somebody who was just stinking dead is sitting at this table with me? Somebody that Jesus Christ just raised from the dead, he is alive at the table with me, and I'm focused on some perfume? When the resurrection power of God is being manifested right beside me, right before my very eyes, and here I am focused on something that I want for myself that benefits me, I'm looking about, thinking about me and myself and I instead of acknowledging the power and hand of the living God? Right beside me? You know, we, get, we, we do this ourselves. You know, we, God then took somebody who was dead and trespasses in sin. That's why she prays like she do. And that's why he prays like he do. Because you don't know what they've been through. But he takes somebody who used to be a drug addict. Here I am. Methamphetamines, cocaine. Somebody who used to be an alcoholic. Here I am. Somebody who used to be in a gang. Here I am. Somebody who used to try to commit suicide. Here I am. Somebody who had, was so depressed, I didn't want to live to see the next day. Here I am. But look at me today in the name of Jesus Christ. The resurrection power of the Lord and Savior Jesus. Don't ever take that as a light thing that God can take somebody who used to couldn't help put, put a needle in their arm or go down here to the T24 or they had the water pipe. Oh, I'm the only one, right? You know what I mean? Or go over here and get that little rose bowl and put your methamphetamines in it and you couldn't stop and you couldn't say no because you was bound in sin until you cried out to Jesus. And he came and he set you free from drugs and alcohol. Don't ever take that as a light thing. Only the power of the living God can take somebody who was dead in trespass and sin, somebody who was a racist, somebody who was filled with hate and now filled with love and joy and peace, somebody who was ashamed to say Jesus, now going to let everybody know that Jesus is who I save, I serve. The only blood I represent now is the blood of Jesus Christ. So don't ever let it be a light thing and take your eyes off of the power of the living God and you so focused on the things of this world that frustrate you. Here he was at this table. And a woman, a woman who used to live with this promiscuous life, now someone coming, bowing at the feet of Jesus, giving her all, giving her very best. Stop, and, and, and it frustrated him. It frustrated Judas when somebody was giving their best. You know that gets me. Well, you know, I, I love seeing people whenever worship time come around and they shout to the Lord and they praising the Lord. But let me tell you what Judas character be like. Judas be like, oh, my goodness, it don't take all that. Frustrated. You irritated by the praise of somebody else. Somebody giving they all. You don't know what that person been through. You don't know the pain that they suffer. You don't know what God has delivered them from. Everybody wasn't born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Everybody didn't have mom and daddy in their house. Everybody was not someone that brought up in a house with their mom or dad even there. You don't know why they praise like they praise. So when they give they all, don't be frustrated like Judas was. All because this woman gave her all and she poured it out on Jesus. Let me get back to the text, all right? So here she was. So this made Judas... Furious. 
He was completely distracted with greed and he was focused on himself. He was ignoring the miraculous power of Jesus Christ who had just brought somebody from the dead back to life. And that, that was right there next to him. I wonder how many people around your life and how much God, what God has done. And you done took your eyes off of what God has done for you. You done took your eyes off of the power of God to allow you to even have a child. The power of God to restore your marriage. The power of God to bring somebody in your life that really loves you. The power of God that reconciled you and brought you out of depression and oppression and off of pills and now you're filled with joy. Don't ever make that a, a, a light thing or a common thing as Peter called it. But look at this. This right, look at this. He called it a waste. He said, why this waste in Matthew 26 and 8? But look what he called, he called a waste because it did not benefit him. This oil for 300 denarius was poured out. And it did not, he was a thief, he was someone, you know, he wanted to, it wanted to be, it was something that he wanted out of it. Because see, a Judas character is always about self. He felt that the perfume should have been something that was used to benefit him. So since it was not done his way, and since it was not used the way he wanted to be used, he was upset. You know anybody like that? You, you know the ones that get just furious and all upset when you don't do what they want you to do, how they want you to do it. When you want you to, when you, when they want you to do it right, that's a controlling spirit. And that's a Judas character because things was not done his way. Here he was, he was frustrated and he was upset. Wives, don't look at your husband. Don't, don't look at him. I ain't trying to cause no problems. I, I've seen some of you. Don't do that, okay? <laughs> but just because things don't go your way, Judas, don't mean that you display this certain character. And even though the Lord was, was right there, look right here. Look at verse 7 through 8. Look at this. It said, but Jesus said... Let her alone. Ooh, ooh, ooh. He said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Pretty. Let me see my tile, please. So Jesus Christ, here he is saying what this woman was doing was right. Jesus Christ is saying, hey, what's she doing? Ain't nothing wrong with that. Jesus Christ said, what she doing is okay. But Judas felt, no, that ain't okay. What's she doing? Judas felt, what's she doing? No, that ain't right. Without even checking with the Lord. You know, that's kind of like how certain people, you feel that it's okay or it's right for you to have sex outside of marriage. That's, that's how you feel. But God said, no, what's right is for you to flee immorality, 1 Corinthians 6, 18. He said that a husband and wife, two people need to be married first before they go into a life of intimacy. That's what, that's what God say. But you feel, Judas, that it's okay. That ain't, no, that ain't right. It, this, this relationship between me and her, it, it feels too good to be wrong. Let me tell you something. Faith and feelings don't got nothing to do with each other. We walk by faith and not by feelings. And in your feelings, they got nothing to do with the word of God. And our feelings are sometimes contrary to the word of God. Jesus Christ displayed that before he went to the cross. Jesus told the Father himself, he said, Father, if it be your will, remove this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. See, his humanity and his flesh, his feelings fell one way. But see, no matter how he felt, he still obeyed the words of the living God. And let me tell you something, Judas. No matter how you feel, no matter what you think is right, why don't you check with Jesus first? 
Because Jesus said what this woman was doing was okay. But Judas said, no, no, it's not okay. That's like you may say that it's okay for you to ignore that person you, you upset at. You may say it's okay for you to have bitterness in your heart, to have anger in your heart. Because, well, it's not a sin to be angry, but that anger has led now to unforgiveness and resentment in your heart towards the individual who has offended you on the job or that spouse or that ex. You feel that it's okay for you to just be negative towards them. God said, no, I told you in Matthew 5, 24, that if you know that there's an offense between you and your brother, you go and you seek reconciliation. Leave your gift at the altar. All that praying you're doing, all that tithing you're doing, all that saying you're doing. Listen, God don't listen to the prayers of anybody's prayers over the stench of an unforgiving spirit. And you got all this, you doing all this, God said, no, leave your gift at the altar and go make reconciliation. You sitting there supposed to be lifting your hands without wrath and your heart is full of wrath. You think it's okay for you to be angry and upset, I mean, to be so somebody walking in unforgiveness, resentment, and bitter. But God said, no, I told you 1 Peter 3.11, go seek peace and pursue it. See, just because you feel something should be done, you need to check with Jesus. What did Jesus say is right? Jesus Christ said it was okay what she was doing, but Judas felt what she was doing wasn't okay. Uh-oh, now, hey, let me, let me touch this one real quick. Hey, we're to get hot right now. I ain't talking about how I feel right now, right? Right? When, I, when I say hot, that means we're to be honest, open, and transparent. Is that all right? Right? We're to be hot right now because God's trying to tear down traditional walls. He's the Holy Spirit is trying to break traditional mindsets that is opposite of the kingdom of God. God said that it's okay for your child to marry outside their race. Ooh. You say you don't feel that that's right. You don't feel that that's right. God said, I just told you don't be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. I didn't say not be unequally yoked together with a black American, white American, Spanish man. God didn't say that. But that's how you feel because that's what your mama, your daddy, your grandparents, tradition has told you. So we follow things of tradition instead of checking with Jesus Christ and say, right, don't you know I had the honor, I say the honor, I had the privilege to, you know, of speaking to two gentlemen, you know, I mean, a black American and a white American man, and I got to ask him both this question. I love how the Spirit of God works, right? I asked this one guy, and I said, hey, uh, he said, man, I, I, he said, I, I'm not racist, man. I, I, got, I got friends that are African American. The other guy said, I'm not racist, man. I got friends that are white American. I said, okay, 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 let me ask both of you something, ask something. All right, let's say if your daughter come to you and say, daddy, I'm in love with this guy. And the first thing out of your mouth is say, what color is he? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's racism in your heart, which is respect of a person. James 2 and 9 said that's sin. See, the first thing out of your mouth should be, do he know Jesus? Is he born again? Do we have the spirit of God on the inside of him? Right? Is he filled with the Holy Spirit? Matter of fact, let's invite him over so we can come over and have a Bible study together. So we can go through the word. I, I, I want to see what, what is mom and dad like? Who do they believe in Jesus? Because if he don't believe in Jesus, he can't, he can't love you the way Christ loved the church. Have the love of God been shed abroad in his heart by the Holy Spirit, Romans 5 and 5. That's what kind of word questions you should be asking. But see, whenever you feel things because of how you was raised or how you believe Judas. See, Jesus said it's good what she was doing. Wasn't nothing wrong with it. But Judas said, no, no, that ain't good. That ain't okay. Let me encourage you to do something. Before you check with grandmama and daddy and mama and tradition, check with Jesus. Before you check with TikTok, social media, Fox News, CNN, check with Jesus. See what Jesus Christ say is right. And that right there will put an end to a lot of division. 
that we have among the body of Christ today, even among the body of Christ, we see things like this. And you wonder why people that are lost don't even want to come together where we worship at. They see the same character in them as they see from those who come to the house of God. Judas was somebody who did what he felt was right. He felt that what the lady was doing, Mary was doing was wrong. But Jesus said, no, what she doing was a good thing. Now, look at this. Look at this. So Mary came and she gave something of great value to Jesus. 300 denarii. That's a whole year worth of wages. She spent a whole year's worth of wages on Jesus. A whole year worth on Jesus. And she gave something that she worked countless hours for to Jesus. She gave something that would have made people like her if, they, if she used it the way people wanted her to use it to Jesus. Mm-mm, you might not have his name, but God for to see if you have his character. So, but Judas called it a waste. He was saying, I would never take that much value and put it on Jesus. I would never take something that has that much value on it and put it on, the, on Jesus. Now, if you're saying this, if you're saying, I would not take my time, my time is too valuable to put it on Jesus. I'm not going to waste my time with, with Jesus. I, I, I got my kids. I got to take them to practice. You know, I, I, I got to go tan. I got to go to the salon, get my hair done, right? I got to go to this party. I got to go get me some rest. I got to go to work. I got to check on my animals. You know, hunt season around. I got to go hunting. I got to go fishing. I can go check on my lawn. I, got, I ain't got time for Jesus. But let the cowboy game come on. Let, let, let something that you, that you like, something you want, let something like that come up. Oh, you make time then. You, you make time then when something that you, you truly desire, something that benefits you come up, then you make time. Instead of making time for Jesus because you say, I'm, that my time is too valuable. You mean you want me to spend my time praying like Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter 18 and verse 1? You, you want me to get up early in the morning, like 30, 40 minutes? I got to get me some rest. I don't have time to spend with Jesus. You mean you want me to study to show myself approved like 2 Timothy 2.15 says? You know what I mean? Wait a minute. Study in his word? I, I, I don't have time for that. Is, is this you? Is your time too valuable for Jesus? You know, you know what, what gets me is that, you know, we have people who call us ministers all through the hours of the night, especially women and men. These women that are called, you know what I mean, and they need an encouragement word because of what's going on in the family. And they can't turn to their husband because their husband don't know the word of God to help direct the family or the children in the situation that they're facing. And here you are, husband. Ephesians 5.26 says, husband, uh, uh, that, the, that, the, that Christ, he sanctified the church by the washing of the water by the word, which means husband is supposed to have the word of God in him. That way when his wife come to him, he, she ain't got no business having to call no preacher. You, the pastor in the home, you are the one that's supposed to be giving the word of God to her and encouraging her and comforting her and building her up and instructing her in the ways of the living God, you, her, and your children. You're the pastor. But you don't even know how to cast down every imagination. You don't even know how to put on the armor of God. You don't even know how to renew your mind. And you wonder why you're defeated by Satan. You wonder why your joy is gone. You wonder why every time something comes good in your life, you end up losing it because you cater to the lust of the flesh because you're not strong in the spirit. Because you don't take time 
to study to show yourself to be proved and to get strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why? Because your time is too valuable for you to spend it on Jesus. Camouflage with your name but carrying Judah's character. You mean you want me to put my Facebook page, spend my Facebook page on Jesus? You want me to post stuff about Jesus? I ain't going to get no likes. People ain't going to be following me if I post stuff about Jesus. That's my reputation too valuable. That, what, what? You want me to talk about Jesus? You, you know what they're going to say up to me if I go to work? And they're going to call me a hypocrite because of what I did last week. Hey, that's what you did last week. Because if any man be in Christ, he a new creation. Old things passed away, behold, all things are new. I may mess up yesterday, but I'm telling you what, today I'm starting over a new leaf. And today, yeah, I'm going to glorify Jesus. I'm giving it all to Jesus. I'm going to let people know about Jesus because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it's the power of God to salvation to those that believe. Yes, Judas, considered, he considered that a waste, that it was too valuable to be used for Jesus Christ. You don't have to say it. You don't have to say that's you. Your planning shows it. Your sacrifice shows it. Your priorities show it. As a matter of fact, Judas, he didn't even think it. He was bold. Judas said it. I'm like, dude, Jesus right there. He, 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 y'all, y'all at the table together. Y'all, he right there. He, he, you, you calling what he said is okay. You calling it a waste. You want me to tell you something about Judas' character? See, a Judas' character, you don't care that Jesus is right there. You still say whatever you want to say. You still talk however you want to talk. You still do whatever you want to do, even though Judah, you're like, wait, wait a minute, you mean Jesus right there? Yeah. Hebrews 4.13 says, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. He's right there. That means that whenever you're on your job and they come to you with them filthy pictures and stains on their phone and they come to you with these uh, ungodly communication and, and conversation and you right there entertaining and you right there going along with it, hey, 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 Jesus is there. That means when you're in your car, you know, because you don't got no patience and you know somebody cut you off and you don't, you don't say some godly words and you just got out of church, sir, you know what I'm saying? But, but hey, I'm, I'm letting you know, Jesus is there. You know, when your children upset you and you start calling them all kind of names and you start showing them the behavior when he said, Father, do not provoke your child to wrath lest you discourage them. Hey, Jesus is there. When your wife disappoints you, your expectations as it met, husband. Jesus is right there. But see, Judas is scary. He didn't care. He didn't care that the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, was right there. I wonder if that's you. Do you not care that when you go get, when you get in your car, look, look this, this is why. This is what peace of, and I, 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 Lord, I'm going to leave led by the Spirit of God. I know I'm over time. I'm going to end it real quick. Forgive me. We look at this building, and we take more, uh, we, we take what we do, we consider this building as a place more important, and we consider this the church. This is not the church. This building, these walls is not the church. Because, see, this is why you act one way and hear another way out there. Because you look at this as the church. But I'm going to let you know something. According to the book of Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 5, Colossians chapter 1, you the church. We're the church, the body of Christ. So the way that you, when you leave from her, you know who leave also here? The church. See, now, you care more about, and I'm a, some people care more about a church building, a building more than you do the people who is the church. Let, let me show you this. 
If I was to take some whiskey, yeah, I said whiskey up here, okay? Just chill out, first. All right. <laughs> if I was to take some whiskey and I pour it right here in the middle of this floor, you know what you would do? Probably grab me by my collar and throw me up out of here. I can't believe he done that in this building. Not saying I wouldn't give you an example. You would degrade me. You would speak down on me. You wouldn't bash my name if I poured it in this building. But if I take it and poured it in the church, this building, you wouldn't say nothing. You matter of fact, say, give me a sip. Because you look at this as this. You don't look at this as the church. You don't look at this as the place where the living God dwells. You look at this building as a place where God dwells. But God doesn't dwell in temples made by man's hands. When you leave and go, Jesus is right there, Judas. He's still there. And lastly, you know something about Judas Iscariot, and it's not found in the betrayal of Judas. It's not found in, 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 in when Jesus Christ betrayed, uh, when Judas betrayed Jesus. It was found from the very beginning. John chapter 6, verse 70 through 71. It said, Jesus answered them. He said this. He said, did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot. The son of Simon, for it was he who had would betray Jesus, who betrayed him, being one of the twelve. You notice something about Judas? Judas never changed. Judas was a devil from the beginning. He was a devil in the end. Judas came into the presence of the most anointed speaker on this earth. Judas heard the words of God from God himself and still left the same. You know, I wonder how many of us come and we hear the word of God every Sunday, every Wednesday. You hear the word of God over and over. I'm not saying you're not going to make a mistake. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, we'll make mistakes, but that's why you repent. You go to first John 1 and you confess it and you, confess, you mess up, you confess up, and you get back on that road and being led and filled with the Holy Spirit of God. But what I'm saying is Judas, he never changed. He was the same person then as he was now. Ask yourself this, you've been coming to church. Judas only spent three years in Jesus' presence. How long have you been coming to God's presence and you still haven't changed? Still the same person, just still the same unforgiving, backbiting, arrogant, controlling, lying, racist, disobedient person you were from the beginning, Judas, and still haven't changed. God is saying, listen, I, I'm, I want you to examine yourself today. I, today, I put my finger on some things I'm trying to loose you from because I'm, wanted, I'm ready to receive glory for my name. You decreeing it, you, you tatting it on you, you posting it, or you, you saying it by my name, but it, what's your character look like? You got Judas' character. And let me tell you something about Judas. Don't you know Judas was a good name? It was a common name. The, ma the name Judas even means Greek. I mean, in Greek, it means praise. That's what Judas meant. It meant praise. That was a good name. But that goes to show you how a bad character can tear up and mess up a good name. I wonder how many people allow their character to make the name of Jesus Christ look bad, the name that is above every name. This is something God is saying, examine yourself today. Time for us to stop playing church. Stop playing, just coming up here just so I can check it off at the end of the week and say that I came, I went to impact. Don't say, no, no, no. God want to know, did you change? Did you hear me, my voice? And now you're going to apply it. Are you a doer of the word? If you love me, you keep my commandments. Don't tell everybody you know me. I told you in 1 John chapter 2, 3 through 4, hereby you know if you know me, if you keep my commandments. He who say he knows me and does not do what I say is a liar and the truth is not in him. It's time for a change, Jesus is saying. 
Examine yourself. See if what your character is like. I pray it ain't like Jesus. If it is, don't let no guilt, shame, and condemnation hold you back. I'm going to be at the front. Come pray with me. The prayer team is going to come up. Let's pray together. Let's confess that thing. You don't even got to come pray. You can do it in your seat, right? This ain't Catholicism. You, got, you, can, you can talk right to him too. Jesus made a way for you to talk to Jesus, talk, talk right to the Father through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right where you are in your car, wherever you in that restroom, bow your head. He, you can still talk to Jesus. But one thing you do need to do is check with Jesus. Don't ignore what he say is right. Don't be filled with your own selfish, your own greed, your own way. And make sure you examine yourself and see if there are change in your life. Amen. Let us pray. Great God and King, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for such a time as this. Thank you for allowing us to grow in the grace and knowledge of the truth. And I pray, Lord, as your word is went forward in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we thank you it does not return void. But, Lord, today somebody will change. Lord, I, I, it fell on good ground today. Somebody's going to bring forth a hundredfold in the name of Jesus. Somebody ain't going to be like those by the wayside on stony ground, Lord, among the thistles, this Lord. Some seeds were sown on good ground today. And we thank you, Father, in heaven. I ask you to cultivate it. Bring men and women in their lives to cultivate that seed and let not the enemy pluck it out. In the name of Jesus, let us go strong in you and the power of your might. We love you. We thank you and we praise you. And it's in the name, above every name, Jesus Christ.